Welcome to Charlie 27 and the awareness campaign, one that affects every woman in America, and of course, the men who love and care about them. My name is Ulysses Clay Jr., CEO of the UCJ Group and Charlie 27. Today's question is, do you or anyone you know suffer with mental Hell, that's what's up next, and uh, oh yeah, we're gonna talk about it. Stay tuned, we'll be right back. All right, all right, thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for staying with us. Today's question is Do you or anyone you know suffer with? mental health and what sparked the, the 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 thought in my mind it was two weeks ago ladies and gentlemen i was actually driving and i seen a gentleman actually sitting in the middle of the street <laughs> right on the yellow dividing divider lines he was actually it was actually about 100 101 degrees out this gentleman was wearing a coat a big coat and he was sitting right in the middle of the street in my mind i'm thinking okay obviously what's what's going on with this guy right and also today just so happened i i was going taking to take care of some business right here in oklahoma city and i seen another gentleman laying almost in the street right he had like a sign you know on his on his on his belly while he was laying down he was actually taking a nap <laughs> Uh, Because one of his legs was up, so I knew he wasn't just, you know, I knew he was still alive, right? But I'm thinking, what's going on with this gentleman as well? See, mental health is very, very prevalent in, uh, in, in our society. And it's very, very taboo in uh, communities with people of color, I should say. And to, I have two very, very... Um, Distinguished guests, ladies and gentlemen, because this is not my area of expertise. This is not <laughs> what I do. But I appreciate the two ladies that I have that I'm going to bring to um, uh, to uh, the mic uh, in just a few minutes here. But I wanted to uh, just share with you a couple of things. I was doing research over the last, say, three or four days on mental health. Because see, one thing that I know, everyone in their family somewhere, brother, sister, mother, father, cousin, auntie, second, third, fourth, gen, somewhere has somebody in their family who has or is suffering with mental health, ladies and gentlemen. And one of the things that I found was this, it's uh, 12, it's, it's an article that uh, lists 12 interesting physical signs of mental illness to watch out for. And these were uh, medical professionals or, but mainly medical professionals. And one of the things they said, number one, and I'm just gonna highlight real quickly so I can get to my guests. I am so excited to have these ladies on who truly <laughs> have uh, the expertise to speak on the subject. But number one is stomach ache. See, uh, 
those stomach issues may actually be a result of what's going on in one's head. Uh, see, patients with anxiety disorders can be uh, presented with um, gastrointestinal upsets such as uh, nausea, abdominal pain, or even diarrhea. That's uh, uh, you know, ref this reference is by Dr. M um, uh, Mara uh, Ackman. The second one is sudden increase or uh, decrease in weight. See, uh, drastic or concerning shifts of weight, whether it's weight loss or weight gain, can signify a mental health condition. Eating disorders are a class of mental health disorders where a person has dominant or inappropriate eating habits that most frequently uh, leading uh, to weight loss um, as well. This is by Dr. Um, Gat, uh, Gathing, I'm sorry. Uh, number three is uh, unusual clothing. See, people with bipolar disorder who are experiencing a manic uh, episode may dress very colorfully or boldly or wear a lot of makeup or jewelry. This is, uh, again, Dr. Ackman. See, also, uh, number four is social withdrawal. See, social withdrawal is often a sign of serious mental issues. Uh, this is Dr. Carla uh, Manley. Uh, see, she, she also said those uh, who suffer from certain mental health issues often, often weary that uh, they will not be accepted, that they are inferior or in, in or I should say that they must hide their disorder. Number five is reduced energy. See, those who uh, severely are severely depressed often have reduced energy and therefore spend more time in solitary activities. Mental health issues uh, can use can cause fatigue for various reasons. Number six is blunt blunted effect. Uh, people who suffer from depression offer often uh, show a blunted effect, which is lack of facial expression, poor hygiene. Okay. Hygiene is often ne neglected uh, when someone is in depression uh, mode. Their hair may be unwashed and their clothes may be unkept, right? Number four, number eight, I'm sorry, repetitive ticks. Anxiety can manifest, manifest itself in many physical ways, including ticks. There can be uh, 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 habitual movements such as rocking or other movements in an attempt to soothe uh, oneself. Uh, this is uh, Dr. Doherty. Number nine is cro chronic pain. Uh, it is fairly common uh, for individuals with a mental health condition compl to complain of reoccurring aches and pains, hence the popular saying, depression hurts. Number 10, relentless, uh, relentlessness. Uh, the inability to rest or relax in a key indication that someone may be battling a mental health condition, not being able to sit still with cons uh, consistent moving or fidgeting uh, can be uh, presented uh, in attention deficit order, or ADHD. Uh, number 11, low sex drive. Wow, didn't know that. Although there is no single de uh, definition of health sex drive, 
Individuals with mental health issues often recognize a downward shift in their libido. This decreases uh, in sexual appetite can be related to, con uh, to the condition itself, such as with fatigue and depression. Uh, and last but not le least, frequent colds and infections. Many people who suffer from mental illness often uh, get frequent colds and, uh, and infections uh, uh, per Dr. Gantz. Um, that's amazing to me because, you know, some signs we may recognize but didn't know what they are or what to expect them to be, uh, especially some, something like a cold, right? Uh, but at this time, I'm going to bring on my special guests, ladies and gentlemen, because I am so elated to have them on the show. This is our debut, uh, our guest debut, <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen. I just, I'm so grateful and blessed to have them on the call with me on the podcast. Uh, first of all, I want to introduce uh, Jennifer uh, Thomas. Ms. Thomas, who is a mental uh, um, uh, first aid, uh, I'm sorry, mental health first aid instructor. She works in, I believe, the Oklahoma City Public Schools uh, um, as well. And then also uh, Ms. LaShawn Underwood, who is a LPC or licensed professional counselor. Um, both uh, ladies reside right here in the great state of Oklahoma, uh, Oklahoma and right here in Oklahoma City. And let's just start with, if I may, with uh, um, Jennifer. First of all, welcome, ladies. Are you both on the line with me today? Yes. Thank yeah. you. Awesome. Thank you. Awesome. Let's just start with Jennifer. Hey, Jennifer, if you don't mind, would you share with our audience uh, your profession, what you do, and by you working uh, in the educational system uh, via the Oklahoma City Public Schools, can you kind of elaborate uh, give us a brief synopsis if, of what you do and why why you do what you do. Uh, hello, everyone. Um, I am a high school um, school counselor. Um, I just recently switched districts before I up updated my um, business cards, and so uh, I'm no longer with the public schools. And um, I am now a high school counselor. So um, I'm excited to work with the students. I love working with children. Um, I've worked with children of all ages. And I want to continue that um, when I get my license. Um, I'm currently in um, the LPC program. And I'm almost finished. I have one class left this semester. Awesome. And so um, I am looking to to build uh, expertise and and knowledge and training and assisting young people. Um, I feel that the younger that we um, work with young with young kids, that we have the ability to undo all the traumas that they have experienced with uh, coping skills um, that allow them to relate um, with other people, uh, build and maintain healthy relationships. And so that is one of my, that is my true passion. And that's why I do what I do. 
Awesome. Awesome. LaShawn. Yes, sir. What about you, uh, Queen? Because uh, being an LPC, and I think, if, if I'm not mistaken, you are in private practice. Yes, uh, yes sir. Talk about what you do and why you do what you do, and, and what do you see since being in the field? Okay. Well, I have been in the field for over 14 years now. Um, I have had several capacities. I worked for for a program that caters to children from birth to three years old, and I work with their families. Um, I did agency community work, so I did home-based counseling. So I was able to see a different side of the client in the home. And now I'm doing office-based. Um, private practice, and um, I'm really excited because I'm able to work with people who want change. Um, Usually you work with people who aren't invested in their own change, so they have systems of care, so their family systems, their work systems, um, their community systems are all broken, and Mm -hmm. that's just what's normal to them. Um, but now I'm getting a chance to work with a population of people that want different and they're willing to do the hard work to find something better for them. So that's really nice. Wow. Wow. So, so in your field, especially in private uh, practice, are you, um, what, what, what do you feel that's most important especially with people who um, maybe really don't feel, I mean, you know, when you talk, okay, family members or, or someone in the family, what do you suggest? Someone who may detect um, someone maybe perhaps in their family and maybe even a coworker uh-huh. that maybe, you know, has some questionable uh, um, um you know, some questionable actions that, that you know, from a day to day, you know, be a personality, whatever. What what could one do? I just named 12, you know, things that one could, you know, per, uh, you know, put, uh, basically um, detect, mm-hmm. I should say. Now, that's not to suggest that this person may have, have a mental illness. Mm-hmm. But what do you say? Uh, what do you, Just speak to that. Okay. Just speak to that, and then what do you suggest that one do okay. uh, if, if detected? Okay. So the, the private practice that I'm with now, which is Elevate Talkspace, we definitely are directing our practice towards people who are just stressed and overwhelmed. You don't necessarily have to have a, a mental health, serious mental health diagnosis just to get therapy. You can just mm-hmm. be stressed out overwhelmed with life which to me is everybody because um, we have a lot going on part of the issue is when we don't address the stress and the, the overwhelming feelings they can become a depressive disorder so wow. when life is just overwhelming maybe something happened maybe you lost a loved one um, maybe you've lost a job maybe your kids are acting out those are the target people that we're looking at because it shouldn't be, you know, you have to just be down and out and really, really sick in order to get therapy. 
it, it, it doesn't have to be long term. You can come in, sort out some things, get through some things, clarify some things for yourself and just have someone there to help you sort through it. Um, and then be able to stop therapy. It doesn't have to be something that's ongoing for a long time, but it's about addressing what you have going on. And a lot of people don't do that. We just, and I'm just going to say for our, for our community, the African-American community, we do have a strong religious base. And so yes. we're told to, you know, just pray about it. You don't have enough faith. I actually mm. met with a, um, a, young man today and he told me that his family told him he wasn't saved because he had a mental health illness. Wow. And he, Are you serious? Yes. And he, he didn't pray hard enough and he didn't have enough faith. And he also told me that his family would come into town and find their medication. So him and his mom were taking medications to help them feel better. Um, and they would flush them down the toilet and tell them, you just need to pray. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Wow. See, <laughs> I have my own opinion about that because there's there's been more damage than there has been good, in my opinion, uh, on that side, you know, but I'm going to hold that thought. Uh, right now, I'm going to we're going to break okay. and then we're going we're going to pick this up when we when we get back. Uh, stay tuned. We'll be right back. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Uh, my name is Ulysses Clay with Charlie 27 in Awareness Campaign. Today's question is, do you or anyone you know suffer with mental health? And my special guest today is Miss uh, Jennifer Thomas and uh, LaShawn Underwood. I am so blessed to have these beautiful queens on the show today. The debut show. <laughs> Uh, the guest debut, and uh, we were just talking about LaShawn. Let's just pick right up with that okay. because that's very, very important about, you know, people really just having uh, their own opinion, I should say, mm -hmm. about mental health, especially when it comes to family and how, you know, even faith-based uh, people of faith, I should say, mm -hmm. you know, really or in my opinion that um are not educated mm -hmm. uh i don't know what's what's your thought on that because you, you what you said was is, is really you hitting home to why uh, why this is so taboo in my opinion mm -hmm. in our community yeah right? so go ahead go ahead and just uh yes i i believe that unfortunately we have lived by that saying of what goes on in the house stays in the house. Yes. We don't put we don't put our business out in the streets. You don't go tell other people what's going on in our house. And one of um, the things that Jennifer and I have been really working towards is letting our community, the African-American community, know that there are professionals that they can go see that look like them. We mm -hmm. have the same culture. We have the same background. So we understand, of course, the African-American 
community, and I hope that that will help ease the fears of going to talk to someone and getting necessary help. Um, one of the taglines that I've been saying recently is people don't have to suffer in silence anymore. Mm. Um, there is help available. There are many African-American females and males in the field who are equipped to help you get through these life struggles. Um, you just have to get the help you need. Wow. Wow. Let's, let's bring Jennifer in on this. Uh, Jennifer, um, you, uh, you know, you, you've been working in the education, or I should say the school system, and you've been dealing with um, our kids, right? Yes, sir. Talk to me about, from that perspective, uh, you know, our children, right? And, and the things, some of the things you had to have to deal with on a daily concerning them. Well, I initially started um, in the early childhood as a, an early childhood teacher. And I was taken aback by how um, explosive some of our children are mm -hmm. when with um, simple things such as, you know, sharing um, their, you know, disrupts disruptions in the day. Um, something might happen like uh, an assembly or something unexpected and their behaviors are um, just exponential. Like they're just totally um, explosive and uh, they they are very disruptive. And, and so it really, um, you know, I was really alarmed by it and um, I wanted to know more of why um, these children were behaving the way that they were. And a lot of research has come out over the past few years about um, being trauma-focused, trauma-informed, mm -hmm. uh, trauma-sensitive, all those words are thrown out there. Um, and they have shown that um, our children behave this way because of things that they have experienced. And, um, and it's just my, you know, on my journey to learn more about um, how to cater to these children, how to build relationships with these children, how to make them feel safe, um, how to educate them as well, um, so that they are able to do the things that they need to do. Um, a lot of our children are held back because of these traumas. Um, it, it affects their, their ability to learn um, and, you know, it disproportionately affects uh, African-American boys. Mm -hmm. uh, they are in special edu education more frequently than their counterparts. Mm -hmm. And so it's just my passion to learn more about, um, you know, how to work with these children. Let me, let me ask you, Jennifer, because that's something that's really it's not only struck a chord, it struck a chord years ago with me because I heard um, I heard a gentleman that's a uh, that's a, a LPC. He's a PhD. Actually, he's licensed uh, psychology uh, psychiatrist. Uh, well, don't let me misquote. OK, 
but his name is Dr. Umar Johnson. I don't know if you heard of that gentleman, you ladies, but he he talked about, and he was the first one that kind of brought it to my attention about when he worked in the school system, okay, that our boys, right, our, our boys, our black boys uh, are subject more so than their counterparts to be put on to be labeled, first of all, with ADD and and be put on Ritalin and all kind of medication because, in his opinion, uh, teachers who do not look like him, them, right, uh, don't understand the culture and know how to handle these boys, so they're quick to label and medicate. Can you speak to that, Ian? Um, and in certain cases, that does happen. Um but also to speak on uh, just because, you know, the person that is teaching them is of the same race uh, doesn't necessarily mean that they are getting, any, you know, everything that they need um, in their classroom. Okay. Uh, so I really stress training, proper training. Um, you know, we don't want to beat uh, their behavior with uh, harsh criticism uh finger pointing belittling um sure. you know being uh like what it used to be back in the day we can't um absolutely use those practices anymore either absolutely so i just encourage people to not you know um just throw a blanket up make a blanket statement and just you know assume that just because uh we are the same race that we are we always know what's in the best interest, and sometimes that's not the case. Sure. But I do advocate um, that there is research out there, and I do advocate that, you know, more African-American individuals be in, um, you know, African-American, predominantly African-American schools and classrooms. Mm -hmm. um, children thrive um, when they see someone that is um, that looks like them, teaching them. Um, helping them and so you know there there's it's very nuanced sure. um, and you know i just encourage our members of our community to learn more about it and um you know get the proper training to well to help and, and that's and that's and that's really key i mean i really agree with all of what you just said uh although i because when I grew up, I grew up in a, in a different day and time. I, I'm a lot older than you ladies. However, you know, uh, all all my teachers until I got into high school, right, looked like me. And that's because in 76 is when busing started, mm -hmm. right? All the teachers looked like me. And I noticed the difference, even myself, when I made that change, you know, I was, I was very apprehensive. I didn't know what to expect, right? You know, when you're taken out of your environment, when you're taken out of your neighborhood and you bust way across town, I mean, come on, we, we always a little on edge, right? Cause we didn't know what to expect. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, so I guess, you know, I hold my thoughts about that. And if, if I, if I, if I, if I felt that was good or not so good for us, but I, that's another topic. But uh, LaShawn, yes. if you would just real quickly, just, you know, just um, give us your thoughts on uh, why you feel that that 
it, we're, this is not discussed in our community, specific to our community. And what do you feel actions that can, that can be taken, that, that we can take in order to change the narrative? Okay. I, I believe it's not discussed in the African-American community because, like you said before, it's taboo. And mm-hmm. attached to that being taboo is shame and guilt Um, because we as a community still don't really understand different diagnosis and um, some parents feel like it's their fault Um, we do so so you're saying guilt does is has a play a part almost definitely most definitely Um, guilt that and, and I'm putting up quotations that I'm not normal Shame that my child is different. Right. Um, And family, you know, saying negative things about a child or a person because they need extra help or or um, that that just brings on a lot of guilt and shame. Um, I think one of the missions that um, the people that I'm in private practice with and also, I believe, Jennifer, we're trying to normalize mental health. Um, so it's something normal. It's not something that you have to be ashamed of. Um, mm-hmm. It's okay to have a therapist. It's okay to have depression. It's okay to have to take medication to deal with your anxiety. Like being able to be comfortable with who you are and where you are in life. Um, The other thing that we try to say is you may not always have depression. If you deal with it, hopefully you can find some coping skills and there may be medication. Some people are okay with medication. Some people are not uh, changing your diet. I mean, there's many ways to deal with depression and anxiety and other mental health issues the key thing is to address it. And to address it, right. Do you have, do both, this is for both of you ladies, do you have uh, concrete solutions that, that I'm sure you do, but uh, for our listeners, uh, what solutions do you, once one, recognize, what solutions do, do we, what options do we have? You know, once one, once one is educated, what are the steps that you should suggest that one should take? Um, I would suggest uh, speaking with your primary care uh, physician. They will give you a um, test um, to fill out. And uh, if one is the Bex, uh depression survey, and um, you will fill that out, and they will determine what... Uh, how severe your depression is or whatever um, symptoms you may be exhibiting, whatever tests they present to you. And um, they will refer you um, to a mental health professional, depending on what insurance you are, uh, insurance provider you have. Um, You can also talk to your insurance provider to see who is a part of that network. 
doing research online about the illness, educating yourself, um, educating your family members, um, and asking questions. Don't be afraid to ask questions. Well, what what about people that doesn't have insurance? Because a lot of people, you know, especially people do not have insurance. What's mm -hmm. what what do they do? I mean, what's the what's the plan <laughs> with no insurance? Um, I well, um, the program that I went through, um, the UCL program, they have a clinic on campus. Um, and if you reach out to their program director, they might offer no cost, little to no cost, um, therapy services. Um, for I want to say about eight, at least eight week, eight weeks. Um, that might be an option. Um, speaking with community members, uh, to see who um has any uh, references. Again, your primary. Well, well. I guess you couldn't talk to a primary care physician if you don't have insurance. Yeah, sure, but, um, right, I guess right. Maybe, well, I, I'm not familiar with the uh, urgent care. They may have, um, if you're able to go in and talk to them, maybe they are able to refer you to someone. Um, you know, they treat every other type of um, illness and, you know, issues that you might have coming in. I would assume that they would, be able to do that. I'm not 100% sure. Again, um, that is the goal of you know, uh, what I'm trying to do with this uh, group is to, you know, put more information out there, more resources out there. Absolutely. Uh, so that's something that me and uh, LaShawn are very passionate about. Okay, uh, that's Jennifer. So, so if, if you, if you, if you could, um, really get to me some some resource material some some uh phone numbers uh, you know that way i can post it as well for our listeners those who want to do their own you know due diligence uh that'll be perfect uh, likewise LaShawn. yes sir uh can you do you want to you want to you know uh, you want to piggyback on that or just uh yes, just give, give us your thought okay i definitely do so yes if you do have a primary care physician, um, that's probably going to be your best start. I know that a lot of people are internet savvy, but I will mm -hmm. caution people on um, trying to self-diagnose. There are oh, some yes. screenings that are out there. Um, and based on your screenings, you can take that to your primary care physician or your PCP and go from there. But the main thing is see a medical professional and be honest. Mm -hmm. um, you can go to a medical professional and that's the time yeah, taking a bath or showering for two and three days. Mm -hmm. Yes, I am having thoughts of hurting myself. Yes, I am uh, hearing voices or seeing things or think I'm seeing shadows. That is the time to be honest. Um, yes. Because the medical professionals are there to assist you. And like um, Jennifer said, they're the ones that can refer you to um, mental health professionals who can actually help you in that field. 
I will say currently we have um, Psychology Today, which is a website that has um, under supervision as well as licensed um, therapists, whether they're LPC, LMFP, which is a licensed marriage and family therapist, as well mm -hmm. as alcohol and drug therapists. We don't want to leave you know, addictions out. Because that's sure, also a, a big thing that we struggle with in the African-American community. And there's yes. help out there. And there's people that look like us. So one of the things that I believe is a good thing for Psychology Today is most of the people who subscribe to that link or to that um, diet uh, uh, what is it called? The cat, the dictionary, not a dictionary, but a directory. Sorry, directory um, People mm -hmm. who are on that, they have their pictures, so you can see people who are of color, um, people in your area, um, people who take your insurance. You can break it down to people who specialize in your. Um, issues or or they also have like little bios about themselves so being able to read those and see who you feel like you fit with um don't that's that's interesting you, you brought us something real I I, I I i don't want you to get too far before i address it okay uh you you brought up also addictions yes, you sir. know alcohol or drug what what addictions in mental mental illness, mm -hmm. <laughs> have you dealt with both? Most and if so, talk to me, talk to us about that real quickly. Please. Okay. Yes, most definitely. We call that in the field co-occurring diagnosis. So you mm. may have a mental 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 health diagnosis and a secondary diagnosis that um, is addiction related. Um, or it can be the opposite. You can have a addiction, a, a primary addiction diagnosis, and then a mental health um, secondary diagnosis. Um, I know that's wow. a little technical. So yes, we call it co-occurring. So you have two different things going on at the same time that need to be addressed. And yes, I have dealt with people who have co-occurring diagnosis. Wow, wow. Yes. And Many times, I'm not going to say it's all the time, but many times the addiction comes from trying to self-medicate Medicate. Yep. from yep. the mental health. So that's mm -hmm. another thing that we see in our community instead right. of getting the proper help so right. through the medical field or through a, a therapist. We will get people who drink, who smoke, mm -hmm. who snort, who, who lace who, you know, do all these other things because they want to be numb and not have to deal with the problem. But of course, we know the issue with that is at some point you're going to come down off of your high that's right. and have to get high again right. to not deal with the things you're trying not to deal wow, with. Wow, that's that's really, that's, whew, that's tough. Uh, I, I want to, we gone over, we gone a little longer, so I'm not apologizing for it because this is this is just so good. For me, I mean, you guys are educating me. Uh, I was blessed to meet uh, you, uh, both you queens at uh, my good friend of mine, 
Miss Cece Mothershed, uh, uh, one of her, her, her locations, her spot, her business, I should say, is arts, crafts, and love. And mm -hmm. and I was so blessed to to just uh, meet all you professionals. I think it's like 14, 15, 16 of you guys there. And just for me to be a fly on the wall just really did me good to see people of color in the room addressing this issue that we're talking about today. But I just mm -hmm. I just I just want you uh, real quickly, Jennifer, and then we'll wrap this up because I got to have you back ladies because <laughs> i i got so many questions i just not no gonna, but jennifer one of the things that really when i i've been back in oklahoma city two about two years now and when i first got back about 30 days um uh, well it's about 60 90 days in uh i talked to it was you know a good friend of mine who's uh, a director a funeral director of one of the funeral homes here in oklahoma city and he, he, he shared something with me that blew me away. He shared uh, to me uh, about um, five people, young people, all under the age of 21 who committed suicide. And these people, these young, these young men, you know, took their own life, right? I've seen a couple of them because a couple of them was from the neighborhood, right? But I seen them right one right before the day of, <laughs> you know, and it just it just really hurt my heart because these young men's men were 17, 18, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20 years old, right? Mm -hmm. What 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 do you see? especially in, in, in education with these young kids. I mean, I know there's bullying, that's, but I, I know that our, our young kids, our kids, uh, especially in our communities, are coming out of, are in environments, home environments, that's not conducive to one's mental, <laughs> right? Uh, I know two incidents, instances where Two, two of these young men in the neighborhood that are game, game bangers, right? They slain drugs. Uh, but mama's on drugs, on crack, and grandmother's on crack. Both of these young kids, right? But, so I just want you to touch on that because, like I said, I'm not going, I'm not going to get through all the questions, all the things that's really in my head and on paper, that I want to talk about, but if you will quickly address it, and then uh, Lashawn, if you chime in, and then we will wrap this up. <laughs> yes. Well, um, just from my experience uh, with you know young students, um, they have a lot of pressure nowadays. Um, you know, peer pressure. Uh, pressure to be um, successful, whatever that that may be. Mm -hmm. um, it may be to you know um, be the first person in their family to go to college, or it could be um, that they've always thought of themselves as uh, the you know a failure. They're unable to you know do the things that they need to do. Uh, feelings of feeling inadequate um and so 
uh, one of the the um, thoughts um, uh, thought process uh, in someone that is uh, having feelings of you know th uh, thoughts about uh, ending their life. Um, they feel as though they are a burden to everyone around them. That they would be better off if they mm -hmm. were not here. Um, and so they feel like uh, it's what they need to do um, to ease, you know, the pain that they're feeling and, um, you know, the thoughts that they're having have be become so overwhelming um, that they decide to uh, complete suicide. And, um, you know, it's something that they, it, it's very subtle. It depends on the individual, how they uh, show signs. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes it's just not always, you don't see it. Um, it might not be in the way that uh, people say it might happen. Um, there may, may be no signs at all. Um, and that's just something that we have to deal with um, on, you know, here. And I think the important thing is to reach out to other right. people. Um, by sharing your story with others, it connects us together, um, you know, and, and with the, the individual that might be feeling um, or having thoughts of suicide, they feel right. isolated. Being left behind by that, uh, you know, that loved one that decided to complete suicide, you might feel um, thoughts of isolation that you know this just happened to my um this this only happened to us or we're the only ones in the community that are feeling this or um and so I just encourage people to you know speak share their story um you know comfort one another as as best as, as they can seek someone that is licensed um to offer support um, wow, so yeah. that's awesome. Uh, LaShawn, would you close us out with your thoughts on that as well? I will. I always tell people that I'm working with that it's okay not to be okay. Mm -hmm. And with that being said, I do understand being so overwhelmed and feeling like the pain, the only way the pain will end is if someone would end their lives. I currently um, speak to several people that are in that situation. However, it didn't work. So their attempt was not completed. Mm -hmm. And I always tell people that I'm very grateful that I'm able to speak with them and that their attempt didn't work. Um, and then we're able to go to another level where we're able to actually look at why they feel like that. Um, and find other ways to deal with the depression because I understand that it gets overwhelming. But the main thing, like Jennifer said, was to reach out to people. And I would say for us in the African-American community, if someone states that they are feeling overwhelmed or feeling like they want in their life or they're taking actions to end their lives, get them help. Yes, we can pray. Yes, we can wish for the best. But people who are at that point need professional help. Mm, so you take them to a hospital, 
um, mm-hmm. alert the authorities. Don't take it lightly because yes. that's the other thing I always tell people. Like, yes, I understand if you complete suicide, and that's the word that we are starting to use in the field, complete suicide, um, they stop hurting, but the people around them start hurting. So then that trickles down because you always feel like, well, what could I have done? What could I have said if I just would have went over there, if I would have just checked on them? And like Jennifer said as well, even those people you feel like are strong, check on them as well. Sure, absolutely, um, absolutely. Because don't, don't, be, don't be afraid to ask. Yes. Are you thinking about committing suicide? I'm not committing. Uh, are you thinking about uh, killing yourself? Yes. Um, that is one of the things that, um, as a mental health first aid instructor, it is a program that goes is worldwide. They train um, everyone, anyone and everyone that is interested in learning how to um, you know, speak to someone that is thinking about um, completing suicide. So they they uh, talk about what you can say, how to encourage them to get help, um, and also QPR um, yes. question, persuade, and uh, refer. I believe that's what it is. Yes. Uh, yes. So these uh, are a couple of the programs that are out there. You know that will um, train. Uh, train you to help uh, identify and uh, get that program. Wow, that's that's and those go ahead. Those trainings, those trainings are free, so that's important for the community to know too. Okay, it just takes your time. You can save someone's life by being trained and knowing what to say and what not. What not to say? Wow, that's great. If okay. I got to have you ladies back. I, God, this is this is absolutely amazing and wonderful to me because, um, again, I'm not the professional you guys are. So you guys educated me again on uh, your your uh, 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 perspective fields. Um, so, uh, LaShawn, uh, yes, would you would you tell everyone? how they can perhaps reach you or your organization if they, if, if they need you. Yes. So the organization that I am affiliated with is Elevate Talk Space, and it is on Facebook. Um, you can call me directly. My name is LaShawn Underwood. I'm a licensed professional counselor. I am African-American. I am a woman. Um, and I can be reached at 405-529-6331. I take some insurance. I also take private pay. And I do have some slots for Title 19. Wow, awesome. Jennifer? Yes. Uh, again, I um, and am a high school counselor. Um, I'm also a mental health first aid instructor. Um, and I can give you more information about that. Um, our group is, um, I changed the name, <laughs> is now the uh, Black Mental Health uh, Collective. And so um, it is on Facebook, um, our page and our group. And we will have updates um, on different events that will be going on in the Oklahoma City area and also just information about um, support 
um, encouraging, you know, thing, words of encouragement, um, articles, research-based articles. I always try to find credible uh, resources to share with my uh, followers. And so um, that's the best way to get in contact with me. Um, and that, uh, again, is the Black Mental Health Collective um, OKC. It's on Facebook again. Um, awesome. Yeah. Do you guys have email address just in case someone wants to reach out to you via email? Um, my email is Thomas, T-H-O-M-A-S, Jennifer, J-E-N-N-I-F-E-R, 09 at AOL.com. And mine, LaShawn's, is Be Well and Whole. So all of that is connected, B-E. W-E-L-L-A-N-D-W-H-O-L-E at protonmail.com, P-R-O-T-O-N-M-A-I-L.com. Wow. Uh, I want to thank you guys uh, for uh, being my, uh, my guest debut on the show. And thank you for your the breadth of uh, expertise and knowledge that you have um, on the subject of mental health. Ladies and gentlemen, I encourage everyone to reach out to these ladies. Be sure if you have a family member, please don't hesitate. You know, um, even if you question, uh, if you have questions about uh, what may be questionable in their be behavior. Uh, reach out to these ladies, you know, and just get their uh, opinion, right? It, it, it does not hurt just to reach out, say, look, this is what's going on with my son, my daughter, my mom, my dad. It doesn't matter. Just reach out. You know, it's, yeah. it's better to be safe, <laughs> right, than sorry, right? You know, yeah. um, and uh, on behalf of uh, myself, Ulysses, Clay Jr., and Charlie 27, you know, the awareness campaign and the foundation of my baby, Charlita Nicole Clay, that passed away nine years ago. I want to thank y'all because we are uh, the awareness campaign. We are going to continue to bring content that will enlighten, that will empower people all across this country. Um, about issues, you know, uh, everyone's issues, right? Uh, and also our goal is to reach 100 million people in the next 10 years or less. How are we going to do that? We're going to touch 1 million who touch 100. So those of you who will hear this broadcast, who's hearing this, my voice, share this with 100 people and you will help us get there quicker than anticipated. But if you just share it with 10, that's fine as well. Because we want to make sure that we make a difference in one's, everyone's lives. Make a difference because at the end of the day, it's not about you and it's not about me. It's not about us. It's about those whose lives will be touched as a result of us being here. And I thank you. I just thank God for everyone. My guests, uh, Ms. Jennifer Thomas, Ms. LaShawn Underwood, you queens are absolutely amazing. And I thank you. My name is Ulysses Clay Jr. And that's 
that's the show for tonight. Everyone be well. And always remember, you are something great. And never, ever let a loser tell you otherwise. Good night, everybody. God bless. <laughs>